Hi. 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 Um, I, we have, sorry, we've gathered here today to talk about instinct. Um, we've been planning it for some time and kept getting put off, didn't it? But actually what that has done is given me, I don't know if the same with you, a chance to mull it. Mm -hmm. And I've really enjoyed it good few weeks mulling it really not just mm -hmm. coming in with especially since the word instinct is is so open to dismissal and cliche and it's such a fluffy annoying word would you say would you agree yeah yeah I think it's got a bad rap hasn't it instinct yeah. definitely <laughs> <laughs> and why 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 has it got about I want to know what this is why I love talking to you because I I feel like I can start from the very beginning that's what I like doing with you yeah I like going that's what we hope that mother's talking is about isn't it it's like mm. let's go to the absolute foundation stone mm. so actually let's start there like why is instinct got a bad rap why does it not get taken seriously i think because i think it's a childhood thing isn't it i think from the moment we're sort of born really we're having to listen to somebody else instead of our own voice aren't we you know our parents mm. our parents have a huge voice over us and so our instinct, which really is our inner feelings, inner voice, whatever you want to link it to, your inner emotion, that quite quickly gets drowned out, doesn't it? I mean, maybe not at first. At first, you're hoping your parents are in tune with you as a baby and everything, and then you're learning each other. But as you get older, I mean, how many times as a child are you told to do as you're told? but not as you feel. Do you see what I mean? There's always, you're, everything's always kind of in opposition, yeah. isn't it? Like, I, and, I, and since we said we were going to do this on instinct, I've been, like you said, you've been mulling it over. I've been feeling it in everything I do. I'm like trying to follow my instinct and watching my children follow their instinct and trying to, and it's a trust element, isn't it, instinct as well? It's definitely yeah. a trust element to trust yourself, but also to trust that other person, like, I need to trust my daughter and override my thinking because instinct is feeling, isn't it? But we've been told to think about everything, not feel everything. Mm. So I think, I think the whole getting the bad rap is definitely from that kind of growing up in childhood. It's and, sad, actually, isn't it? And, but I suppose yeah. also I think we should be careful of not romanticising it because I was thinking... As you were saying that, I thought, oh, yeah, that's true. That is, that is what happens. So you're, you're trying to think, when is the last time when you think of one's own children or try to think back to a first memory of oneself as a child? Mm. And I always have a memory, a memory of me in, I must have been five. I don't know whether you have that flow state memory of, like, very littleness. You know, you can sort of just discern it when you didn't when there was no divide between the rational self and the feeling self. And I can remember I used to make petal patterns. <laughs> I used to go and get all these big dead roses and make these patterns. I mean, I literally, as I say, I can remember the feeling. And I remember that feeling of having nothing. There was no next moment. Hmm. You know, there was no next thing to do because you were an utterly free being, weren't you? There was nobody. Yeah, there was so present. Yeah. You are in the Eden, aren't you? Are you on Garden of Eden, aren't you? So we have to accept the fact that instinct can, of course, flow easily if, the, if a child is feeling that. If we define instinct as the fully feeling self, hmm. yes, the child has it in child has it in in, in, in spades. Um, and then, yeah, the grown up comes along and says, 
or don't do that. Um, mm. So you have the first questioning. But I just, as you said that, I thought there is another thing. Because the other day I heard this, um, it was a Danish guy was saying he, there's a famous Danish parenting book out at the moment. It's just been a big hit, apparently, where this woman has been, wanted to know how to parent her children and was a completely awash with information. And I'm sure that's sort of subject of our podcast, really, isn't it? Because there's so much information yeah. that is so factual and reason-based. Mm. But it ends up blitzing people and have no clue what to do next. Whereas actually, I'm hoping what, what we're talking about is going to connect people to maybe another route. And mm-hmm. she was like, "Oh, what do I do? How do I look after my child?" I'm not, you know. And she she decided by um, to start with um, who's the happiest nation in the world, <laughs> which is a kind of interesting take. Who are the happiest people in the world? And it turned out to be the Danes, 25 years in a row or something. And so she thought, well, if they're all happy or not all happy, but if by if as a national international consciousness is more content than the rest of the world it must be something to do with the source point how they were parented Mm -hmm. and she's and in it apparently she says that something that that the parents do um to a parent is when a child does something naughty or or whatever you you say you you don't just go now you don't do that do you they connect the child back empathically to the person that they've done or the consequence they've created and you describe the consequence so you go um what would that feel like if that stone hit your leg but I've just made me think although that sounds all lovely and romantic and this this man was like saying you know isn't it wonderful and the child really learns empathy and it's really amazing but as you just said your lovely thing I thought even the urge the the, the parenting I must have a kind child I must have a kind child mm, yeah. that also can squash instinct can't it because mm. we want our children to be empathic but we have to trust that maybe compa- you know thinking of the other person to a degree it has to be taught but I'm sure there is a natural collaborative loving element in all beings really um and I wonder if we get in too quick to tell them you must feel this way you must feel this way mm. you know be a good person I, I'm the first to have done that but I I worry if we also drown out instinct that way so not just authoritarian or discipline but also through urging the right behavior Mm. there are many ways to drown out feeling aren't they of of, of, and I think we should define feeling as again it's a fluffy word but let's call it the guiding force that what feels right isn't Mm. it yeah and that comes so naturally in childhood you children don't seem to question themselves do they no but I also think how often as adults do we ignore you know, it's that, it's that sort of gut feeling, isn't it? I don't know where you feel your instinct, but I always feel it in my tummy. You yeah. know, my tummy sort of sort of tightens or clenches or something. It's just something goes on there. I just get a feeling in my tummy and I know my gut's kicking in. That gut, that's why they call it gut instinct, don't they, I guess, because you feel it in your tummy. So often I override it. And I've been trying so hard in the last few years to not override it. Because it is, in my experience, because I've been testing it out for quite some time, it's always right. Even down to, you know, simple things like we're in such a busy, I mean, maybe not the last couple of years with the pandemic, people slowed down in a certain way, but busy in others. But we're naturally quite a busy-minded society. And, you know, someone asks you to do something, and more often than not, you'll say yes. And in your gut, you feel it. You feel you don't want to. You feel that you're tired, you want to stay home. You really don't want to. 
but you ignore it and your thinking brain comes in and says, I should do this because, you know, they're my friend or it's work or I need to do that because of this. And you start thinking it over. But when you feel it over, your body goes, no, <laughs> stay home, relax, don't go tonight or whatever. But we, we always end up overriding it. And then often you go out and something happens, you know, or you're really late back or you missed the last train. And you're like, my gut was trying to tell you this is going to happen. <laughs> it, was, it was trying to kind of, it's like a real energy around something, isn't it? Which I know is a stretch too far for some, but I don't know yeah, how. Maybe think the other way around is, I remember when I was younger and a more party going self, I was, I, I remember the other way around where I was all floppy and a bit like, oh, I can't be bothered, can't be bothered. Yeah. And, I did, and, and I would go to submit to that. And then a little bit of something in my tummy would go, just make me go out. Like just yeah. make, and then yeah. some big adventure would happen or some yeah. amazing encounter. And it yeah. worked that way too. Yeah. I don't know what made me go out and drag myself out, but I just had to go out. And it was often the case that something would turn up or, um, uh, you know, it's, so it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's, it's it's exactly right. Also, I want to say that the most profound thing I we, we were going to say, weren't we? And I, I want to say this to all the mothers listening to us, that the reason we wanted to do this about instinct is because for the simple reason that we, Jenna and I both, of course, are doulas. So we, we work in birth. Um, we work with mothers and new babies. Um, I've got three children now who've grown and... Like, you know slightly smaller children so we've got the whole sort of range mm. and and I suppose what we know is that motherhood wakes up instinct big time doesn't mm. matter what person you are temperament culture you know background what happens is you get this child arrives in your arms and something wakes up and it's well and, and I suppose there must be some people for whom it doesn't but I, I doubt that because it's that feeling of even if you're denying or having to suppress your instinct, there is this new force in you. Yeah. That it doesn't even feel like it's your own, actually. It feels like it's been given to you. It's like a sort of drive to, um, which is funny, I'm contradicting the sense that it's in our belly, but it's certainly when you have a baby, it's that feel. I remember staring at Constance when she was born and it was like I'd been given this power to understand, like, to protect her, you know, and to yeah. look after her. And, and, and I suppose it was the responsibility for a, for, a, for a human being that wakes up like this fire, mm. this fierce fire of knowing. And if women, and when some women write to me and they feel absolutely amazed and sort of overwhelmed, but also kind of awed by this new power, mm. others maybe feel it less, but I think most people have this... You know, I think some people worry about it naturally, and 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 think I shouldn't be feeling this much, and 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 they want to get back to normal life where they didn't feel so much. And I do really understand that and have sympathy for it because I think I was a bit like that. It's like, can I just have my normal life back? This is too much of a superpower. It's too much, you know. Yeah. And and it the thing I want to say about it is it's it is, is it's so amazing, isn't it? A shame that we don't sort of see it like that and then understand how to take it into our life. Mm. um everywhere else because we here's my stential I didn't learn this till I was a mother was how weird is it that society tells us to trust our rational brain that the rational brain is the is the superpower is the only Mm. is really the judge and jury and everything below that let's picture 
below our head. So like mm. you said, whether you feel it in your heart, your breastbone or your belly, uh, everything that is coming up from there is somehow less reliable um, or fluffy in some way, not, not to be trusted. Um, I don't know where that comes from because when you hear Michelle O'Don talk about that part of the brain that is running that feeling, it is a, mm. it must be coming neurologically, mm. it's of course survival. It's survival. Yeah. And actually we all know, don't we, when we meet someone and we pretty much know what that, who that, how that person feels to us within 10 seconds. And that will be, now I know one can't judge a book by its cover, but what I'm meaning is one has a good gut feeling about situations and people pretty quickly. And that's not necessarily through rational um, yeah, phrase. Yeah. It's usually a feeling. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't mean one should be sort of quick to dismiss things or feel fear or worry about, but essentially there is a kind of knowing that isn't knowledge. Does that make sense? It's unknowing. Yeah. It. It's your body. It's your body knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. You've kind of got your mind knowledge and your yeah. body knowledge because emotions and feelings are coming up in your body, and you're like, you know, you feel your gut feeling, you feel fear, you feel anger. All the emotions trigger your body's reaction, and then all the logical thinking stuff is going on in your mind. Isn't and it funny that that's trusted more? The logical thinking stuff. Yeah. And the whole, reliable. but actually yeah. it's the opposite because the hard drive is the bit that's keeping our breath, our breath going, yeah. our heart beating, our yeah. organs functioning. And, and so it's like strange that we've been taught and it's been the 500 year process through the enlightenment really, isn't it? The sort of the, the march of science has, and, and the quashing of faith and, 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 you know, spiritualities it would have been known in the 1500s would have been like that's the airy fairy stuff don't you know you know anything you can't see anything that isn't observable anything that isn't material don't trust it yeah and 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 question 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 which was a good motivation back then i suppose because there would have been lots of things that were the world still had to evolve mm. but as we've marched through those 500 years and science has taken us forward and forward and forward, it's definitely done so at the expense of any internal landscape, isn't it? And, and you know, yeah. any internal drivers, um, which is why I think we're all coming to motherhood now. That's why I think there's a massive shift happening, actually. I don't know if you feel like that. Where, where I feel people are really, there is a rise in something going on, don't you think? Definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, we're both yoga teachers as well, aren't we? And we always say to our mums in our pregnancy classes and things, get into your body. I mean, I use that all the time because with pregnancy as well, you can't be more in your body than you are with your pregnancy. I mean, having just gone through it myself, obviously Jude's only a few months old now, you're, you're, never, you're never more instinctual and in your body than when you're pregnant. But obviously, you can easily be distracted and detached from that. And that's, you know, and we, I'm sure we see it with our birth mums all the time, that, you know, they're reading loads and they're very informed and they're very knowledgeable and intellectual and academic often. And I, and I say to my mums who are like that, I said, you're, you're thinking this, you know, you're thinking this, you've got to feel this, you know, whatever it is, you've got to try and feel it because you're thinking it. And sometimes that doesn't, that doesn't work, especially when you've got doctor's voices, midwife's voices, expert voices, mm. book voices, everyone's voice. You're, you're going to get in a mess if you're just thinking a situation. You've got to feel it as well. And 
I'm reading this book on emotional intelligence in a moment, and it says even the science proves that you can't make big decisions with intellect alone. Oh, really? So it says you 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 have to, and we do naturally anything big. We bring emotion and our intellect together. They come as a pair, and that's part of you know yeah, yeah. our survival. Um, and I, I find all that fascinating. But I think it's just we've we like you say we've been taken so far into our thinking. I think there is a shift, and we need to come back to our bodies a bit more because the thinking isn't holding up, is it? No. I mean, I, I mean, my I told you didn't I earlier, but I'll say. Um, I'd like to lay it out. My brother wrote to me and was marvelling or marvelling questioning, saying, isn't it funny the way originally science and the urge to question and the need to question was sort of to clarify things and so we could understand and increase our understanding of our world and our universe. Mm. But what ha what's happened now, we've got to almost the end of science in a sense, we're sort of post-science where we're now, we can't, understand how a computer works how a phone works you know the average person can't rather or pharmaceutical companies it's all like a kind of become it's almost become like a kind of alchemy to it it's mm -hmm. like a, they've become the the mystical scientists on the hill there isn't this sort of um you know as an average punter you're not uh, you're not encouraged to really understand anything anymore we don't even know why we're connecting now i you know on this zoom call is a total and that like what how on earth am i seeing your face and, and you're not here yeah i don't know how that's happening i haven't it's yeah. a mystery it's a, i used to say to my kids when they were little i used to say do you know that grown-ups know nothing <laughs> and they and they, and they go what do you mean and i go no really 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 i know you think i know I, I feel the fridge and i know how to drive a car and i can read you a book but i literally don't know <laughs> why the stars are in the sky i don't know and they go really and they, and they sort of you know it's like that idea yeah. and so what my brother was saying was that it's almost like we're now in this strange situation that people must have been in the dark ages where we're just told to blindly trust science to blindly mm. rely on the facts the figures as and, and as we know in the last two years with covid it's like the science the science scientism mm. as i've mm. read about it a scientism that is that is like a blind faith so where does that put us in a way the wafty floaty ephemeral stuff is seems to be the reasoning and fact because we can't even grasp that it's too unbelievably huge yeah. so what do we have as solid our bodies and our feelings our own knowledge yeah. our body knowledge that are our own our own first-hand experience and then if you take that even deeper our own first-hand feeling experience so mm -hmm. i really feel like you know when i i've been with you've seen this but i'm seeing some really beautiful things in birth at the moment where i've been doing this for 20 years and i honestly haven't met with i feel there's a new generation of mothers that are really listening to themselves and really having to listen to mm. themselves. I mean, COVID was a perfect example. We did our first film, didn't we? When we were saying to people, yeah. don't worry, don't worry. I think people really, you know, they, they, needed to hear they really yeah. knew that they had to go in on themselves. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> so you had some birth-wise, pregnancy-wise. I mean, I feel like people are, are, are kind of talking in a way that I've not heard before in 20 years. And I'm really dearly hoping that it's a, it's a new understanding that the the reality 
is really the reality that you're experiencing in your here and now. That and and it always was. That is enlightenment, isn't it? It's, it's literally presence is the only way because out there, the universal global out there is so immense and unfathomable that you might as well just come back to the self and have direct communion with your your god your body your baby your what you just to have your own experience of it rather than trying to sort of follow what the world's telling you to follow does that make yeah. sense so yeah. rationality it's just it's, it doesn't feel solid to me anymore the only reality to me feels what i'm feeling <laughs> just yeah me. and we can't the thing is like with motherhood you can't fit yourself into a box like i always say this with sort of reading outside sources and books and things like i love to read and i always get ideas from it but I feel like odd things will resonate with something already within me. You know, if I read a book and I love it, like your book, for instance, your book resonates with me so much because you resonate with me so much, clearly. But, you know, it's like all the things you say touch something that's already there. It's not almost like you say, like you say in your book about the remembering, yeah. It's like you remember something that you already felt and, and then something, an outside source touches that. It's not, you know, you're not finding necessarily new information. And that's why if we read something and we take it as, you know, that's the way, you're ignoring your own feelings, you know. And I think it's got to be a conversation. It's always got to be a conversation between whatever it is, whatever outside source and yourself like the maternity system should be a conversation you know you don't go in and you shouldn't just be told things about your body and your baby there should be a conversation you know and I think that's that's what we miss when we get all thinking and logically minded and science-based and we were saying earlier weren't we the science changes and very often something that was absolutely the must thing you must do a few years later is absolutely the thing you should never do you know, it changes all the time. But what doesn't change? Mothers. <laughs> Mothers don't change. And like every, you know, generations and generations and generations, mothers are still passing things down to their daughters, to their granddaughters and on and on and on and on. And it still holds true. We still hold true, you know, compared to all those outside sources. So I think that's why we sort of believe in this, what we're doing with this podcast, isn't it? Because we're trying to say, you know, mothers know. <laughs> Mothers have yeah, yeah. that instinct and that feeling and that knowing. And so of course we should call this mother's knowing, not mother's talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, I love what you just said about that idea that it so resonates. I would read a book, I remember this when I was younger, when I first really woke up to understanding and learning things, probably quite late. Like I was a quite a robot at school. Mm-hmm. And then I can remember starting to read with real connection like you're saying where I'd almost have to put the book down because it was so true 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 to me something it was at university actually and I started to really be moved like have to to kind of read something pause stop sit back do all my joining up and connection and go oh yeah and that links to that and that links that and I remember saying to this um boyfriend of mine sounds a bit like I had lots of boyfriends my one boyfriend (laughs) um he said I said John everything links up I just remember like him and he was always laughed at this kind of and what it was was that feeling or describe you as you said it I so know that feeling of like when you feel the satisfaction that comes from knowing your take on the world is reflected in the book and the book is also adding to what you're feeling so there's a yeah. space, it's yeah. the, 
you're absolutely right. It's it's a it's a it's the meeting point of the intellect and the feeling. Mm. Really pushes. Um, I really like this actually. Yeah, because it's not that instinct is somewhere you go, but is okay. I'm going to go meditate and feel my instinct, or yeah. I'm going to separate myself off. And it's got to be this dynamic relationship that is. Mm. It's like the it's like the burner under your under your doing waking self isn't it? it's the yeah. burner and yeah. they have to be co- they have to work together mm. and I think the book example is it's, it's a very good one because it's we all know that feeling when we read something that is really oh it's like a you know and it feels in your body you feel it yeah. it's like yeah. that really means something to me yeah. meaning 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 you know and you see that um like yesterday I took bringing it back to the mothers I had the yoga class yesterday and the mother and we talked about moving into the body and encouraging our mothers to understand with their body. And she said, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I don't understand. And with her thinking mind, her framing of that was that that was wrong. And I knew where she was going with it because I've had so many people say, it's like, oh, how can I be this tired when I'm about to do something so physical? At yeah. Birth? Yeah. And also, how can it be right? Because, of course, we associate vitality with health. And, and so then I said to her, but you are tired and she went yes and I go so that's real it's not something to to sidestep dismiss or reevaluate. you know Mm. oh yeah so so what might be the reason you're tired maybe your body is getting you to nest and just wanting you to come in throw a blanket over yourself and lie on the sofa and watch a film maybe your body's saying slow up get Mm. ready many beautiful things could be the reason you're tired suddenly she's you could see her go into her body like oh Mm. accept the feeling and enjoy it you know and suddenly she had a different sense in a way what I was trying to do was hand back her feeling to her Mm. rather than she was evaluating her tiredness from the outside as if I which goes back to the childhood thing I shouldn't be tired I should be this I should be that I should you know and it's it's this madness where 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 even like when we're ill I met this man once who saw who told me how his in older age, he's found illness really interesting, which I, I love this take. I said, why? And he said, because it just is, isn't it? We're always trying to get through illness, but it's just another experience like anything else. Mm. He, he says that he just lies there when he's not very well or he's got a headache or he's having a bad day or even when he's got flu or something. That he just pictures his, he, he said, I always picture my mother's white sheets on a, on a, on a washing line on a blue sky day on a big green hill, you know, and just, a, mm. I just become the sheets like blow up with the wind come down with the wind blow up with the wind go down with it that sense of just coming into his into the presence of his being um and allowing everything allowing it yeah and so there's this patience with instinct isn't there there has to be yeah the patience to, to 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 feel i mean i'm the first and the worst for rushing on to the next thing mm. it's so do you awesome. feel do you feel that sense that you're overriding your own feelings do you feel that by pushing on and rushing through do you think there's a feeling saying oh you know something else and you're just thinking it and thinking oh I've got but I've got to do this today I think I do that about yeah yeah like 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 about practical day stuff yeah a lot knows I should be saying well yeah I wish I could say yeses and following more my yeah but actually where I feel very very clear and I think this comes from my dad so he was very very big on getting me and my I mean I don't know about my brothers I don't know what their experience but library it was so powerful his 
letting me find my instincts. But I think on a, from an, um, a moral compass and from knowing what's right for me, I've always taken people by surprise. I remember at school, particularly, I was seen as this good, um, freckly, chubby girl who was good at her lessons and didn't do, didn't say boo to a goose. So I was this little shy thing. I know that seems mm. unbelievable now, but I was. But if something happened that I thought was wrong, mm. or some, I thought a teacher was talking nonsense and it was just overpowering us for the sake of authority, I have no problem and as one woman said to me once mother you're un, you're unembarrassable when it comes to that stuff I mm. and that's to me that's my instinct my instinct yeah. is you know I know what feels wrong and it's it's like you know I could upturn a table when I feel it I'm like yeah. I'm, I've got quite a roar in me yeah um and I thought I think because I seem quite I suppose easygoing affable sort of thing I think it's over my life I think it's I don't know, I've probably pissed a lot of people <laughs> because I, I can't fight it. It's so strong in me. I can't I can't do anything else. I can't do anything else. I can't. But that's just... the thing, isn't it? It's a powerful tool when it's needed. And I was thinking just then when I was talking about overriding our instinct when we're busy and stuff. I'm not saying you should necessarily always be able to follow your instinct. Of course you can't because especially as mothers, you have to ignore yourself a lot, don't we? Because we have the little kids and we're, we're feeling that overwhelm bubble inside us. And actually we can't stop and we can't sit down and we can't have a cup of tea and we can't go to bed or whatever it is. And if your baby is waking up for the fifth time that night, you can't go back to sleep. So I'm not saying in terms of, oh, always follow your instinct because that's the way it should be. Of course it can't be. And sometimes our intellect kicks in, you know, I need to look after my baby. I can't go back to sleep or whatever it is. But I think using instinct, like you've you've triggered that in me, using it when it's really, really key. And that's what I think we're talking about in terms of making decisions as mothers, you know, making decisions about your pregnancy or your birth or your baby or your children. That needs to come from you, you know, really deep inside you because there are so many voices and there is no right way if anyone's telling you there's a right way to do something something I've really come into awareness with this third time round with Jude is that we are very good at very good at thinking there is a right way and I, I don't meet many people even in the most holistic senses that don't tell me there's a way to do something you know, there's the holistic way to do it and there's a medical way to do it, but it's still the way to do it. And actually, I found I've been massively more tuned in this time and editing everybody all the time, even when they say, like, this is how you should do it. Even from people I really trust, I'm still bringing my own feelings and thoughts. And if it doesn't feel right to me, mm -hmm. then I don't do it because no one is you, no one is your baby, no one is your family. And that's a whole unique, complex yeah. whole world, isn't it? And so how can just another person's point of view decide for you? It doesn't, mm. that just I doesn't. Think that it is a, absolutely. And I think that this is a timely podcast, actually, for, for what we're seeing in maternity care. And, and medicine generally, I think, is this very paternalistic. I mean, I think it's coming, it's obviously coming from a good place, but it reminds me... I mean, I was listening to a podcast the other day with Charles Eisenstein, who I'm absolutely 
I don't know if you know him. Do you know him? It's lovely. Did you send me? I think you sent me something. Yeah. And he was talking about the Tower of Babel myth. Um, and the Tower of Babel myth is, um, you know, that was, do you remember, I, I mean, it's in the Old Testament, isn't it? And um, human beings decide, they, they, you know, they decide that they want to build a tower to, to heaven, to God. And they're mm. going to do it with all, it's almost imagine the tower is, they, they, they're all going to speak the same language, we're all going to collaborate with the same language, we're going to work and we're going to build, 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 build. We can do this, we can reach God, we can become God with all our, and, and he was equating this 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 tower, every step, every brick of it, as, as, as kind of, in a way, in the modern terminology, you could call it data. It's like, you know, the books and rational sort of reasoning and, 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 and so, you know, the sort of knowledge that we know of knowledge now, as if that can make you understand everything, as if knowledge can give you everything you need in your behalf. Mm -hmm. Right? right and then what does god do he laughs at them and he he basically makes them all not be able to speak the same language so that they then can't collaborate and then the whole project collapses and then charles eisenstein says and then what do we talk to human beings learn that the true knowledge starts with the first brick of this big tower it's you already have it you right. already have your first brick it's in you you know right. you don't have to build this big tower to heaven to understand mm -hmm. the universe and life it's in you you've got everything you need now right mm -hmm. And what makes me sad, bringing that in a rather clumsy way to maternity care, is women are currently, I, I can't even, I've got to say the word, hysterically and neurotically being managed in a way that I can't even, it's, I can't even, isn't that more right. of a isn't it? And they are, you know, having done this across 20 years, and as you have so long as well, I, you know, you cannot imagine the acceleration and escalation of management that is happening to women in the last stages of pregnancy which is all on this basis of we know what's good for you yeah you know nothing and we know everything now i don't want to slack you know criticize well-meaning doctors and midwives who are doing their very best of course but we have to acknowledge that there is a system at the moment that is that tower of babel and it is wrong i'm going to just say it is wrong it is wrong because it sidesteps women to such, it was bad enough for the last you know 40 years but currently it's a wipeout it's a literal wipeout and it's using tactics it's using fear it's using it's not just saying no sorry you don't know anything it's worse it's worse i can't even describe it's just it's making using guilt and shame and fear big time to make women really not listen and i want to i want to tell you a story of a woman in my class called laura and I really wanted to cite her because her case, her situation is such a perfect one for this. And she she was 42 weeks and wanted to have her baby at home. And she went in for final scan. Now, fair enough, I suppose some people will say, well, that is pushing it a bit. But let's not forget, you are not overdue until 42 weeks plus one day. Everyone forgets that. Pregnancy is is a, a normal run of pregnancy is till 42 weeks. So it's not that weird, right? Mm -hmm. She's gone in for the last scan and um, it was the usual, oh, oh, you've got no fluid was the first thing the sonographer said. You've got no fluid. And bear in mind, the sonographer is not supposed to be giving information about obstetric plans and pathways. So first of all, there's an expert, isn't there, telling her, you'll have to have, a, you're probably going to have to be induced now. That's beyond their remit. That happens all the time. And no, as far as I understand it, no sonographer should be telling you what to do next. They're just there to look at the picture, right? Yeah. Now, you've got no water, you're in trouble. That was the message. That Then she had to see a consultant, you know, and the usual pressure started to mount through the day. We want to induce you now. We're going to induce you now. Anyway, I spoke to her and 
even I, as a very experienced doula, had this heavy sigh for her, and I'm sure you'll know what I mean, Jenna, mm. is we all know that there's a trap to it because what happens is, is that how is that woman going to leave that hospital, mm. go home, having been told there's a risk of stillbirth now, right, without quantifying it, without qualifying it, well there's a risk of stillbirth throughout pregnancy and actually at 42 weeks it's you know it's very very small if even a rise but the point is which some research is saying there isn't now but the point is they they did the usual thing and made her feel like it was a hike up you know thankfully yeah. she done her research and she knew it wasn't but even though she knew it wasn't she succumbed in this moment and she felt the fear mm. there we have it the instinct is drowned out she's sitting in the monitoring chair one of those chairs where the belts are on and and she said what was interesting was they then just left her and I was speaking to her and they often leave you on the and they just but everyone vanished for I think a couple of hours right you know just Mm -hmm. assuming she's going to be induced and I said what did you do then and then I was sorry first of all on that phone call I said well you're you're stuck really because how are you going to get home now and spend a night that's what happens to women on your own. And it's it's very hard to leave a place. Mm. Thank you very much for recommendations, but my baby is my responsibility. I'm going mm. home. Because mm. we all know, don't we? You then got that night, and if you don't, you're counting, the, you're feeling the kicks, and you're worrying about this. It's very hard. Yeah, really. So I said, I, so what, maybe, I, we talked about options. Anyway, next thing I know, shoot the next day, she walks into yoga class. She walks into my yoga class with a bump. I was like, Laura, what did you do? <laughs> Well, everyone just left me. So I realized I had only one thing to do. I put my hand on my tummy and I listened. Mm. And so listening to the machine feeding back the bleeping heartbeat of my baby, she sort of listened and then thought, you know, she could feel it was the same as it always was. It was just the yeah. same, you know. And she knew the sound and she felt the sound and she connected up. I'm going to put her story on Tell Me Your Birth Story because she was extraordinary. She just really went into herself. She noticed, of course, the obvious things where nobody was around. Um, mm-hmm. So suddenly, having told her, we know what's best, we know what's best, they sort of left. So she thought, well, I'm going to just go inward. Anyway, mm-hmm. so she, she managed to take the, you know, go home. And she had a good cry in yoga, and it was discharging the tension from it because it did take courage, I think. Cool. Um, and then what's interesting is a woman had turned up at a little... Cu- cup of tea after with a baby she held that baby and said that you know somebody else's newborn sitting on top of her bum and you could really see her shoulders drop and her heart open and this kind of oh you know and then she went into labor that night and had the baby by morning and and it was such an amazing story because it was really that reconnecting up you know not to always we don't we none neither of us are ever saying dismiss medical guidance but what we're saying is it has to be an interface and if your caregivers are not including you in that picture mm. you really have to think again it's like you have to you know Amali Lockwood Gamage she always says she even said even as an obstetrician she was shocked once she was pregnant by how much she had dismissed yeah. inner knowledge as she called it like maternal wisdom she said I had no I had no idea how powerful that was and would have certainly as a doctor thought it was nothing and, and but as you say women know women know you know yeah, totally totally and that is such that is such a beautiful story and I think what yeah like we're saying it's it's the conversation element isn't it they weren't having a conversation with her they were just telling her so she had a conversation with herself and yeah. yes. herself said this is fine and but like you say that takes real courage because 
it that's very hard to do and again it's like why is it so hard to do because that part of us we've sort of learned not to trust it so we have to really stretch that muscle don't we that intuitive muscle we have to really go there and practice it and I, I say that to my mums in pregnancy I'm like you, you're gonna have to practice your intuition a bit because we are we have been disconnected from it in many 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 ways and our phone is a huge one I mean I've I've sort of disconnected from my phone in the last year which has been a big a big helpful journey on just being with myself again it's just everything we consume don't we everything we consume whatever we read listen to see talk to who we hang out with whatever it is it's all playing around with our own messages um and I think that's something again to be super mindful of in pregnancy and making decisions and you know who are you talking to do you trust them you know what what are they telling you um I think you know Mm -hmm. I had that with Jude obviously this time didn't I and we had a a different pregnancy and the end was different and I kept being told exactly that you know your baby's gonna die but I was like but I don't feel like that I was like nothing in my body is saying that nothing is connecting with what you're saying nothing and he kept reassuring me you know exactly like Laura everything felt the same the kicks were the same the the feelings were the same you know for the weeks that we were put under pressure it was like you know, and then when I felt, you know, ready to kind of meet them in the middle, <laughs> I did. But you know, you it's 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 hard though. It takes a lot, and I think there, there was a woman called Vicky recently as well. Actually, I, I had a couple of examples here. I mean, there's so many beautiful comments that I asked people for. But I've, what another one that's come to mind is, and you've seen this as a doula, I'm sure, where midwives will be doing their checks. Mm. and I love that what I call the sort of it's like a magical queenly wave where the mother almost bats them it's like everything's fine everything's fine you know they and Mm -hmm. and they'll they'll still let the midwife do the the monitoring or do the checks but the mother has a sort of serene look on her face and and all around her probably it's usually quite late on when when there's almost there's a lot of noise and sound and pushing maybe and often partners will be looking a bit oh what's this all about and and the whole room is quite yeah mother herself even even when things seem to be getting complicated, a bit like Jude's birth, like where 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 you might, I was with, with this woman, Vicky. She had some bleeding, and it just seemed to be a few issues stacking up. The more that things stacked up, the more serene she got. And she <laughs> said, "I just knew it was fine. I just knew." Mm. And yeah. and that is laughed at that kind of knowledge. Yeah. But she 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 let them do their things. But she was like not even waiting for the answer. And I think that's something to tell women is that you will be surprised at how you aren't. Um, on the back foot in that way waiting for the confirmation that you're doing well or waiting that your baby is healthy in labor certainly labor maybe less so out in normal pregnancy but certainly in labor there's such a force you're you're very much feeling aren't you i mean your thinking brain shut down in labor yes so you can only feel you know so and that's why it's so powerful and so strong because it's leading it's leading the way Exactly, exactly. And I mean, that, and, and I think that's why it's like, wow, this is big. I didn't realise how big it was. For me, instinct is about honing into that feeling deep in our bellies, not the fleeting thoughts, but the ones that although they may come to you in a flash, they feel weighted in a different way to other passing anxieties or musings. And, they re- and that, re- that repeat on and on and on in our subconscious. 
and then eke out into our everyday until we can't ignore it. And I thought that was a really... Mm. They stick around. Yeah, Yeah, stick around. Sometimes instinct feels so certain so quickly, yet sometimes I need to circle back round a few more times to cancel out the noise. Mm. I find that it's more often this way, she says. Um, A happier example and one in which I trust my instinct completely and instantly was when they tried to induce me with Koya when I'd gone in for a routine four two-week scan. I was sitting there on my own and suddenly it was, we need to induce you now. You'd already guided me to ask all the right questions and to be strong in myself. But also there was the overriding fact that deep in my belly, literally and figuratively, I knew Koya was absolutely fine and he was in no rush. Mm-hmm. There was no noise in my head and no doubt as I declined the induction and left. This is the same as Laura. Mm-hmm. As I walked back to my car, the doubt and panic did start to kick in, but a wonderful conversation with you steered me right back on track. So anyway, it ends there, but basically it, it's, it's what we're saying, isn't it? It's everything we've yeah. been saying. It's it, conversation. I love that way you called it a conversation. It's a con- mm-hmm. Have that conversation with yourself mm-hmm. always. Include yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Just yeah. we've sort of covered everything, I think, haven't we? Yeah, I was thinking, is that a nice place to to finish? So, what we're saying, maybe in a little bit of a summary, I, I would say that I think you sh- you want to be feeling motherhood rather than thinking it would be how I sort of look at look at instinct in that sense, which I think goes a long way for all those things, like all those millions of decisions we make as mothers, how they should sleep, how they should eat, how they, what they should wear, are they hot, are they cold? <laughs> you and know, it goes on and on because it, 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 even this week, um, you know, I've got teenagers now and, and it was night time and everybody's behind their door. Not, by the way, in a, in a, they're quite good. They're not all on their phones and stuff. It was night time. We're all going to bed. And I was feeling, mm, now's the time. I had a conversation that I thought I should be having with my son. And I was kind of, I was walking up and down the corridor and I had to do the same thing even now in teenage, where I was like, isn't mm. that the right time? And yeah. then I, my sort of rational brain was like, let's get it done, get it done. Yeah, I just need to go and talk to him. And then I thought, no, no, it's just not the right time. It still hasn't been the right time. And I had to sort of, and I could remember the feel, it was a feeling again. It was that, mm. you know, take your time. A bit like Yuki said, circle back, let it sit with it for a bit yeah Uh, time will show itself you know when it's the right time so it carries on and on right yeah oh definitely and I think what you're describing is how I feel it too it's I think of it as a push and a pull so when when my body sort of says yes to something I do feel a pull in my body like a an expansion and opening it's like my body says yes and then if it's no, everything contracts and shrinks and tightens. And, and you feel that, don't you? You know, like, like we were saying about going back right to the beginning when we were talking about going out and stuff. Often, if you want to go out, your body's like, yeah. And it's like really open. And then when, and then you're like, no, 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 no. Retreat, retreat. I love that. So love there's that. a bit of a yes and a no. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, I've got loads of other stories, but just that one I just read and also Laura's one, that's a push. You could feel there was that opening and contraction the open it is exactly that there's a there's a feeling i love that i love that mm-hmm. you know we always need to know what the next thing is and what the facts and and research i mean everyone says you know i really love research i'm, I'm, I'm a research type of person and i thought and i always want to say well, everybody says that now to be honest and i and it's there's a lot of claiming of knowing things and mm-hmm. trying to find things out i like the idea that when i take my time that the knowledge will come to you, you know, the mm-hmm. what you need to know will almost arrive in you. 
you know the actor Philip Seymour Hoffman do you know mm, yeah yeah his mother was talking about how he would arrive at knowing he'd got the part right she, he'd say it was almost on the money three weeks in advance of him having to have it completed he'd phone up all anxious and he'd be like I just haven't got this I just haven't got this and I don't know I don't understand it I don't, I don't know what's going on I, I, I can't feel it you know same space and she would say you're just on time <laughs> like because he would he would always turn up on time and go mom I've got it I've got it you know and she said it was almost like a system you know where he had yeah. to go through this yeah Thing. and it was really beautifully described by a mother by yeah. a mother about yeah. her son you know yeah. watching him in his flow state arrive at his state of completion and mm -hmm. satisfaction with his with his task you know yeah. and it's like the being versus the doing isn't it because yeah. we're so action 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 but he needed to just be in all yeah. those bubbly feelings of yeah. like i can't do yeah. this i can't do this anxious and sometimes we need to be in those feelings. Like you needed to pause and be in that feeling of is this the right time to have this chat? It's like yeah. the being, just be in it. Don't try and fix it, explain it away. Oh, yeah. Get rid of your feelings, just feel your feelings and then you'll come to that. It's because energetically our being is, a, we are our world, our world is us. You know, we, we, we're literally yeah. atomically connected to everything around us. So it will of course dynamically come into our body if we manifest, as manifest, we want, if you set your intention, we know what happens. It's like, yeah. you have to always have that interface of that be, it isn't just be still, take your time, come into your being. Why we're doing that is because that steadying of the self is what connects you to the world around you it, that, so that it's not separate from you. It is separate and other. Mm. And, and until one understands that it is not separate and other, nothing, 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 least of all one's baby, is separate and other from you. We are all part of everything. And I know that is, it's how I live my life now. And it's, it's an eye-opener. Yeah, it definitely changes things. So I think we encourage people to uh, try it. Yeah. <laughs> try living by instinct for a bit and see what happens. And it's <laughs> lovely to chat to you again. Yeah. Mother's you talking, too. mother's talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>